0: you hear the music that means it's another week and a lot of times you'll hear me say uh you know such and such my favorite or my guy or whatever but uh this week man it, it is it is so true when i talk about our next guest on playing it forward we appreciate the listen make sure you subscribe i finally got my guy i talk to him almost every day in some capacity but I don't know for whatever the reason, man. He may be mad at me later. He has agreed to do the podcast with me, uh, former teammate, lifelong friend. Uh, he's got. He's doing a heck of a job at the University of Nebraska. I get my man Kenny Height in to join us, Coach. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, DB? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm just trying to make it. I, I feel like it's interesting because I, I I talk to you a lot about a lot, right? And now I actually get you. On a formal platform, I'm not sure anything's going to change. <laughs> I mean, no, we we get along no, and we talk no. life a ton, man. But how how you been, man? You doing all right?
1: I've I've been good. I've been good. Been been dealing with a lot, but uh, as you know, adversity uh, it makes you stronger.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll, when we'll get to that, let, let's let's talk like the originals. You were with me, uh, kind of took me under your wing early. Um, I met you down at the University of Nebraska. We got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, probably, probably more me than you. But let's talk. Let's talk East St. Louis, man. Let's talk how you got to Nebraska because you had a little bit of an unconventional route.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, when you say East St. Louis, it's actually. North St. Louis, uh, St. Louis is across the river. Here we I live go. On the St. Louis side. Here we go. But no, no. Oh, I know you're not a Bellevue
0: was, guy. It's okay.
1: No, 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 no. No, but uh, now again, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure being on your show, man. I I followed you since I came back to University of Nebraska. But uh, going back to what you asked, yeah, it was it was a rough, rough upbringing for me. Uh, north side of St. Louis. Grew up in the house. It was 26 of us in one house. Oldest of four boys. So slept in a twin bed till I was 13. Then I was like, "Yo, I'm done with that." So I slept on the hardwood floor with the mice, the roaches. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was crazy. We lived with my grandparents, my, grandma, my mom's mom and dad, and you uh, know it was fights every day. Uh, you had to fight for food. You had to fight the neighbors down the street. I mean, you know, you had a family down the street. We fought every day. But then the next day, we shake hands and we hanging out. So. Uh, but then I went to uh all-white high school uh, out of Oakville in South County. One mm. of the first desegregation students at that school, uh, first African American quarterback at that school. So, you know that that was a good experience for me uh, because I think if I would have stayed in the city, went to one of the public schools in the city, uh, I probably wouldn't be speaking to you today. Uh, I was a guy that had my own mind. I wasn't a follower, so. But I think just when the games and the drugs all started in my neighborhood and in the city itself, it was tough. So for my mom to say, you're going here, uh, that was a blessing. Hey, let's,
0: let me back up for a minute, right? A lot of people tell stories. I always think um, Ghostface Killer, he did the deal with, with Method Man and, and Mary J. Blige, all I've got is you. And there's a line in there where he talks about water and cereal and sleeping on the floor. And roaches everywhere. You mentioned 26 people are under one roof. The yes. youngest of four brothers. And we'll get now to one. I'm
1: the all oldest
0: of four. I'm oldest of four. I, and I, you know, I should have known that. And we'll get to one of your siblings here in a minute. Um, that's not a story, man. That's, no. It's, it's as, as part of a, a made-up narrative. But it is part of your story because that was something that you knew right away. You weren't gonna. You didn't want to give into. You weren't no. gonna give into it. But where did no. it come? Where did the vision come from? <clears throat> well, the vision
1: came from my grandmother. Uh, like I said, she had eleven kids, and for her to raise her kids and then take on her kids' kids, which is her grandkids, um, we didn't have much. She didn't have much, but she made do with what she had. So my vision. And my goal was always to try to make it out to better for her uh you know there was bumps in along the road um uh, but it ultimately came back to me thinking, do I wanna do something that would upset her, make her mad? you know just I always wanted to make make sure I did things in honor of her uh make sure she rests in peace now, but that was my that was my vision i mean I did things i mean. I never stole anything. I stole a gallon of milk mm. cuz I got tired of eat, drinking powder milk. I mean mm. we had we, we didn't have, you know, there was no milk in the house. So I got tired of drinking powder milk. I went and stole a gallon of milk. I was 13 years old. I said nobody's going to catch me, so I ran out. That was it. Uh and nobody knows that, but I now now everybody <laughs> knows it, but uh but other than that, I did not want to disappoint her, man. I just I just did.
0: So there's always this age old adage, especially with African Americans in in our community and and kind of how we grew up, where we always talk father <laughs> figures and male figures and not wanting to be a mama's boy versus hey, a, a a strong black woman in the household. And what did your peer group like? What was that like? Because you didn't want to be part of the mor- the norm. You got a good strong matriarch going. Like that couldn't have been easy to navigate either, man. Because you're gonna be a good athlete. You were a good athlete. A lot of people want to get into you. How are you managing this?
1: Well, um, at a certain age, you you realize what do you what you want out of life. Um, Like I said, it was 26 of us in one house, and I use this analogy: the man upstairs deals you a hand of cards, right? So from the start. My card, my hand was was bad. It's how I played that hand was gonna determine the outcome of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can have a if you if you're playing spades, poker, whatever, you can have an ace of spade, king of spade, you know, queen of spade, jack of spade. And the other and but if you play one of those cards right wrong, you're you're in trouble. So um, I mean at an early age I knew football was my only avenue out. I mean, I wasn't the smartest. So I used that. And, and I knew I I had to use that. And when it came to friends and hanging out on the block, that's something I didn't want to do. I I don't drink. I don't smoke. I didn't do it back then, so I didn't want to do that. My friends respected me for that. So now, right now today, I can back and hang on the block, and they're like, "Man, you never gave in to the temptation of what we did, you know, you know." And and we're proud of you for that. And so, I mean, just that alone, uh, it, it, it hits home. So.
0: Let me walk us through what it looked like from going from North St. Louis across town to the a predominantly white school, opening up a whole new world to you in a very critical stage in your development.
1: Very, very critical stage. So uh, when I knew I was going to make that, make that uh trip, I sat down with my grandmother. She's from Yazoo, Mississippi, as you know, uh. at that time, in Mississippi it was really, really hard for African Americans. So, I always try to educate myself and say, "Grandma, how'd you guys make it out?" She said, "Well, we stayed on our side of town. They stayed on their side of the town. And if we did anything from their side of town, we got it and we got out." She said, "People are people. Uh, you have bad people on both sides. Uh, you know." She always said, uh, treat, uh, "Kill them with kindness." Um, you know. So she she prepared me for that. I mean, when I got out there, it was it was an eye opener. Um, I mean the things that was said, things that was done, and we talked about this uh, two weeks ago at, back home after my mom's funeral. We're playing. I'm a sophomore and I'm starting quarterback. And we're playing this this all white high school still. It was called Fox High School, and uh, we came back and we, we beat them. I was a starting varsity quarterback, mm. but we kicked the ball off and and I hit a guy so hard, and they said, "Now this is what was told to me." Uh, that his 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 dad ripped out one of the fence posts Mm. and said he didn't have to hit my son that hard. I'm killing that. You know what? Yeah. Drop, drop the end bomb. So the, drop the end bomb. So the last play of the game, I threw a touchdown pass and we won it. The head coach said, rush Kenny to the bus. I go to the bus and their fans at our bus beating on the bus saying we want him this, 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 So they had to basically rush me off the field to get me to safety. So um, just that experience alone. And then, you know, and like my grandmother always said, you, you kill them with kindness. Uh, I I did have a temper back then. So, you know, you, if something would have happened, it would have just happened. But, uh, but she always told us, you know, kill them with kindness. You got bad people on both sides and, uh, don't never let anybody get you out of your square. They get you out of your square. They got you. Okay. So,
0: uh, you know, people are fueled differently, right? Like whatever the catalyst is, I remember, Um, you know, growing up, I decided to go to a high school that wasn't the conventional high school in my household. Everybody had gone to Omaha central. I wanted to go to Omaha Northwest. I was a baseball player. Um, it wasn't always popular in in my sphere of influence, uh, kind of growing up. And I remember we moved, we were off of 90th and Ford. And for some people that was considered way out there, right? My Mm -hmm. parents were coming from 40th and Bedford. My dad grew up by the airport and people looked at me differently, right? I'm Kind of not like the other black guys sometimes, right? I was I was yeah, too I yeah. was too dark for some and and not dark enough for others. Not for the others. Okay, so you have to deal with that at a real critical phase in in high school. What was the support system like if you're killing them with kindness and you're basically giving them the other cheek if you're a if you're a, a second covenant book reader of the Bible. <laughs> You're giving them the other cheek. How did that, who who helped, who guided, who, who who talked you off of those emotional moments to keep you, to keep you focused? Who came alongside?
1: Again, my my grandmother and my granddad. That's amazing. they, They were always there. They were always there. They were always that ear you needed to, uh, to listen, to, uh, to guide you the right direction. Um, Again, that was, that was some, some trying times. There were some times where I really had to bite my tongue. I really had to uh, turn the other cheek, uh, so to speak. Uh, but I knew in order to get where I needed to go, you know, I'm going to have to take some of those words. I'm going to have to take some of those words being said at me. Uh, I didn't want to, but I knew in order to get where I needed to go, that was, that was going to be the case. And then when I got home, I talked to them, I leaned on them, and and they, they, you know, they gave me a shoulder to, to cry on. And, you know, my granddad was was an ex-military guy. So he was kind of rough around the edges with it. I mean, he would he would say, do this. He would say, do that. But my grandma would be like, no, 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 that's not how we're going to do it. This is the way we're going to do it. And that's 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 the side I chose.
0: How'd you, where, where did the whole, because you're still like this today, I think sometimes people will think you either grew into it. Most people grow out of it. <laughs> Some people think you grew into it with us, hey, you know, you're pretty popular. Your 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 ex-teammates like you or your former teammates like you, new new people like you, hey, let's go hang out, Kenny. You know, we just watched a fight together not too long ago. We're at a sports bar and hey man, let's go have a – nah, I don't I don't I don't drink. I don't drink. Where'd that come from? Because that's something that you've at least as far as I know, you've never wavered on since I've known you what sometimes isn't always popular when you're out and about as popular as you are.
1: Yeah. I've had people say, you can't trust guys that say they don't drink. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Hey, to each his own, but I know (laughs) growing up, there was five boys. My grandmother had five boys. Uh They drank sun up to sundown. They smoked weed, sun up to sundown. They use drugs sun up to sundown. That's not what I wanted from that. From an early age, I knew that that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, have I ever drank? Yes. Uh, when I tore my knee my junior year here in Nebraska, uh, I fell into a depression because I thought my career was over, um, and I turned it to alcohol. I drank for a month straight, mm. and I went. And I'm not talking about beer. I'm talking about. Yeah. I tried. I tried it all, uh, but at one point when uh, I snapped on Doku, who was our trainer, mm-hmm. on the rehab of my knee. And lo and behold, I get home, my grandmother called, and she said, hey, I don't know who you just talked to the way you just talked to him, but you better get your you-know-what back up there and apologize. Wait, ba- bad news beat won't. you home? Yes. Yes. <laughs> not surprised. Yes. So <laughs> she said, you better get your you-know-what back up there and apologize to him. She said, because one thing you're not doing, you're not coming back to here without a college degree. Mm. They can take football away from you, but they cannot take that piece of paper away from you. So from that point on, I knew I needed uh, to, to do it a different way, go in a different direction. And uh, so that's, again, I went back to my, to my roots, which was my grandmother, and she was that voice and that reasoning to get me back on track.
0: Okay, so let me back up a little bit. You talked about, you said football was your ticket out, but you're a really good basketball player too. And I'm sure if I'm seeing that in college, when I first <coughs> get there, high school had to be really good too. So you're balancing multiple sports. Uh, you, you're trying to go to school. You said you, were, you weren't a great student. Well, no. help me out with uh, the evolution of going from sports to academics to having to make a decision about how to best get to where you needed to be once you left high school. Because that has to be an interesting so, story.
1: Yes. So we're going to back up. We're going to back up. Sophomore year is starting varsity quarterback. Uh, I kind of let all that, all those accolades go to my head. I didn't take school serious. So I was deemed ineligible for my junior year. If you fast forward really quick, 20 years after high school, the reason why I was deemed eligible was because one of the teachers failed me because of color of my skin. Mm. So I did not play my junior year football. I did play basketball mid mid year. Uh, so Again, I, I wasn't I wouldn't say I wasn't the smartest, but it took me I was a as a football term a rep guy. Okay, you needed reps. I needed reps in the in the books. <laughs> yeah. So um but I realized that and then so my junior year I was able to play basketball. I played baseball. Uh then my senior year I just focused pretty much on trying to get my GPA up so I could possibly go division one, you know what I mean, and play football. So junior senior year played Football, basketball, and I quit baseball because it, I had to get up at five thirty every morning. <laughs> catch a bus for an hour to South South County, St. Louis. So five thirty every morning. So I you're, ta- you're taking the to- city bus to school? No, it was a school bus. It was they had big yellow buses that would come get us. An hour? It took an hour. Wow.
0: Okay. Okay. So, we think we think we got it bad in Omaha Public Schools.
1: So an hour from the city of St. Louis to South County. Okay. And then, um, so I would leave, I would get up at 5.30. I wouldn't get home until 7.30 at night if I had practice, football or basketball practice. So I stopped playing baseball for that reason. I wanted to get home at a decent time. So <clears throat> fast forward my junior, my senior year, uh, with that grade, those grades in my sophomore year, I had to go junior college route. So what- I wasn't able to get my GPA up
0: so how so what happened with the transition first of all how did you pick your junior college and then second of all we 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 got to talk about the recruitment and and what Nebraska saw and how you ended up getting there how how did the placement of junior college go because as a director of high school relations which is so funny but not funny cuz guys got a great sense of humor that that's what you do now as yeah. you, as you strength and your like you're in your wheelhouse there how What happened with the whole junior college selection based on where you had been and how discouraged were you or weren't you?
1: To be honest with you, I was not discouraged because I knew at some point our high school coach really didn't uh, prepare us for college. Did or didn't? And the recruit did not. Okay, okay. For the, re, for the recruitment part. So I'm sitting in class one day and the teacher says, hey, they need you in the library. So I go to the library and I walk in and there's this guy sitting there with me a brown suede jacket on with tassels hanging off of it. And so I'm like, okay. And I, He said, how you doing? I'm Coach Cullen. I'm the head coach at Dodge City Community College. I'm like, where is that? So we grabbed the map. We pulled it up on the map. And I looked. I'm like, oh, shoot. That's a long way from St. Louis. Right? So I said, Coach, I said, Coach, listen. I don't know what, what the future holds for me. I said, but. I have to come out there to see the place. I cannot go sign sight unseen. So, I had, won, you, the had you done that in high?
0: Out. Had you done that in high school when you went to South County, or did you go to the high school first?
1: I went to the high school first. Did okay. Not, think, did not I just went out there.
0: So you haven't changed fastball. one bit. You're still paranoid.
1: Very paranoid. <laughs> nice. nice. So, so after I tell you this story, I'm going to tell you about my freshman year. So. <laughs> I take a visit. He flew me out. I'm on this little puddle jumper. Never flown before. Ooh. We get, we pull in the town. There's a statue of a cow, two-story t- cow, downtown Dodge City. <laughs> and he said, "Uh, that's where Gunsmoke was filmed. That's where Wyatt Earp was. And I'm thinking, I'm like, my granddad watched that. Right? So I'm like, no way. He goes, yeah. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to Dodge City. <laughs> right? So my mom said, uh, if if you're planning on playing college football, that's the only thing you got, that's the only thing you got going for you. So needless to say, sign with Dodge City. Uh, two years there as an all-American quarterback and you know, the rest is history. Uh, and now I use that as an analogy, that's a two-year bid. You going to a junior college, you got that's a two years, that's a two-year bid. Mm. You either gotta have your mind right and 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 focus on where you're trying to go, or you you're just gonna you're just gonna fall through the cracks. So I focused on school and football, that was it. That was nothing to do in Dodge City, Kansas. So it was school and football, school, football. So in order to get to, now let me, let me, let me rewind. So my freshman year, <laughs> I, re, I go to high school, freshman year. This whole, I was very shy. My mom thought I was playing football. I was not playing football, that's how shy I was. So we're in gym class and I'm running all over the place. And the gym teacher goes, hey, come here, son. He goes, why aren't you out for football? I said I didn't know I could being an African American
0: mm.
1: new to that school mm. I didn't know I was accepted to play football so he goes well we're going to keep you at the school so he walked me to the <laughs> athletic director's office and he said your best your best football players is just tearing them up in gym class so they called my mom when they called her they said hey can we keep him at the school and get him a physical so he can play football she goes I thought he was playing football. So I lied to her and told her. Oh man. She didn't know, she didn't know that. So I stayed after, got a physical, went out to freshman practice, got the starting job the first week as a freshman quarterback. And we had the best freshman record in that school. So here's ever.
0: so here's the crazy thing. Did you grow up wanting to be a quarterback? Because you couldn't have been, but I'm messing with you five one. I mean, you're five five now.
1: <laughs> okay fine no from from the age of five years old
0: that's what you see i'm the same i i didn't move to running back back. i was i didn't move to running back until i was after my junior year i only played running back one year in high school and i've i've told this story (laughs) kenny i felt offended right i didn't feel like I wanted to be Jamel Holloway. I wanted to be Turner Gill. I wanted to – my guy was Darian Hagan, right? Like, yeah. I wore three in high school. Um, Man, you were okay being recruited, not playing quarterback once you get re- – and you got to tell the recruiting story, right? Like, yeah, yeah, h- how did yeah. that even happen? Because so, that had to rub you the wrong way. Or maybe it didn't.
1: So, uh, Little League football, quarterback. The whole time, high school football quarterback. The whole time, uh, junior college quarterback. The whole time, Our first team unanimous All American quarterback in Dodge City. First, you know, player of the year in the conference. When the recruitment part started, what I told everyone was, wherever you need me, oh okay, I'll play. Okay, uh, Coach Osborne, John Gruden was recruiting me. He was at Pacific. Uh, when when Houston Cougars was rolling with. Andre Ware and Manny Hazard at this top receiver. receiver. That head coach said, hey, we want you to be the next Manny Hazard. We think you have those skills. Uh, I said, coach, wherever you need. Wherever you need. So when Coach Osborne came into the picture, when Nebraska came into the picture, I was not a Nebraska fan. I was an Oklahoma fan. Like you said, I wanted to be Charles Thompson. I wanted to be Jamel Holloway. You know what I mean? At that time, those were the two best option quarterbacks out there. Let 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 me rephrase that. Do you remember a guy named D Dallas?
0: Oh yeah. From air force.
1: So my sophomore year, him and him and Bo Morgan, my sophomore year, we go play at junior college. We go play air forces, uh, Mm JVT. It was a week after my uncle got killed in St. Louis. I go to his funeral. I didn't practice the whole week because I stayed in St. Louis. I I fly back to Dallas city on Thursday. Me and the head coach went over the game playing Friday. And I started that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm running around. I play with my shoes untied. So, you don't don't. I play with my shoes untied, literally untied. So, the head coach said, "If you if you run out of those shoes one more time, I'm gonna F and take those shoes to your feet." Right. So I scored three touchdowns. Uh, and then the head coach for Air Force, he came to me after the game. He goes, "Hey, what do you think about coming here and being the next D. Dallas? You can run the option for us. I mean, shit, you're better than him now." And I was like. I was like, I am not going to Air Force. That is not the picture. I am not going to Air Force. And so your
0: grandfather was recru- a military guy. Yeah, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. It. What what branch? I, I what branch?
1: Air Force. You Air Force and um isn't it Fort Collins?
0: That's crazy. And you were like, yeah. no, 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 no. No,
1: no, I can't do that. So the recruitment part start all over again from you know junior college to, to, to my coming to Nebraska, but I I narrowed it down to two schools, University of Nebraska, and don't laugh at me, but the University of the Pacific, because Gruden did a great job of building a relationship with me. Uh, But I told him flat out, I said, your head coach has to go in my neighborhood in St. Louis and sit down with my family. Uh oh, That's the only way you got a chance. Told Coach Brown, who was recruiting me from Nebraska, I said, Coach Osborne has to go sit in my living room in order for you guys to have a chance. Shoot, they showed up at Dodge City on a Thursday. He signed about 200 autographs in in the cafeteria. And then uh, flew to St. Louis. He called me, said, hey, I'm sitting in your living room. What's your decision? I said, coach, I'm going to University of Nebraska. Just like that. (laughs) Just like that. I said, if you go sit in my neighborhood, if you you pull up in my neighborhood and sit in my living room with all those people, you got to like me for more than just football, so.
0: That's funny. Now, Car- Carmelo Anthony talks about why he chose Syracuse because Beheim, Isaiah Thomas says the same thing about Bobby Knight in, at Indiana. They they both made themselves comfortable in their neighborhoods, which wasn't an easy thing to do.
1: No. So a week later, after committing, UNLV comes calling and they offer me a scholarship. And an inner city kid from St. Louis, never think I'll get to Las Vegas. You know, that's Las Vegas. I called Coach Osborne. I said, Coach, uh, you want not know if he called. They want to bring me out on an official visit. He said, what are you going to do? I said, Coach, I'm going. I'm going to take it. I said, I'm from St. Louis. you seen my neighborhood. you seen my house. I'll probably never get to Vegas a day in my life. He goes, well, what about the lights? I said, Coach, I ain't worried about no lights. I'm just going to check out Vegas. Now, I go. I fly out to Vegas. and I mean, there was some things that happened. I'm like, it was eye-opening to me. I mean, I only seen it one time. But there was a lot of money being thrown around. And I just flat told him, I said, I can't, I can't take that money. I went downstairs, called my mom. I said, hey, this man just put this amount of money on the table said it's mine if I come here. She goes, what'd you do? I said, I came down to call you. She said, what you gonna do? I said, I can't take it. It's illegal. She goes, well, bring it home to me. I said, you can't take it. It's illegal for you too, because you're my mom. <laughs> she goes, why they do it? then? I said, this is how naive. Yeah, because we don't That's really all. know
0: anything about this. We don't
1: know. We don't know. Yeah. So, I said, it's NCAA rule. It's NCAA violation. She said, well, why do people do it? I said, if they want you that bad, some people are willing to 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 to, to offer you money. So, needless to say, I did not take it. I was not. I, I wasn't even tempted to take it because I knew right from wrong. I said, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it the hard way. So, chose University of Nebraska. I signed summer between. Nebraska and Dodge City. I get shot back home in St. Louis. And uh my mom said, We're getting your you know what out of St. Louis, your brother's gonna get you in trouble. Pull up to Lincoln, Nebraska, tell Coach Osborne. He said, Coach, I got shot yesterday. This man looked at me dead in my eye. I said, with the needle? I said, Nah, coach. Nah. So I raised up my sleeve. The bullet was still in my arm. I said, right here. He looked at my mom. And he said, hey, we're gonna keep him here and get him graduated, get you guys out of that that neighborhood. That's when I really knew I made the right decision. Mm. So, so you know he really cared about me as a person
0: that's part one with coach Wilhite, kind of telling you the story how we got to where we are and coming up what's next what did the evolution and the takeaways of, of of being a pup in north st louis i want to get that right north st louis not east st louis like we just like to throw out there north st louis how did it lead to the coach Wilhite that we see today coming up part two
1: A Huda Media
0: Production.